0: to you, maybe you've not brought along this morning and you want one at home, we'd love you uh, to have one at home. Brilliant. So uh, we are going to open the Bible in a little minute, but this week is five years since we moved to Inverness. It's very exciting. Five years ago this week, we moved to Inverness and I love looking back at moments. I would show you a photo, but uh, I don't want to because I'm a lot more grayer now in the, the preceding five years and a lot older looking but uh, five years ago we moved to Inverness and we got a uh, just the excitement around that the moving lorry loading everything in emptying everything out into a, a shipping container at the time the anticipation of the unknown the clinging on to God when we moved to Inverness neither of us had jobs confirmed and we were moving into Mary's parents house the wonderful Andrew and Marjorie and as I look back As I look back, I think, wow, wow. And it really challenged me as I I look back at the photos. We had a couple of photos that we took, a couple of selfies. And I realized five years ago, those days and weeks and months uh, when we moved were the most alive that I've ever felt, and I'm sure Mary as well, have ever felt in our walks with Jesus. Because we placed all we had and all we were in the Jesus corner and we said, right, right you need to show up here, Lord. We're taking this step and you need to show up. And he came good in the most wonderful, wonderful way. And uh, I realized as I was reflecting, I don't want a comfy life. I don't want a comfy life. I want more of those moments in my walk with Jesus and in our walks with Jesus. And uh, it's important that we don't bask in the former glories. You know, I looked at the photo and I went, oh, wasn't that wonderful, Mary, when we did that? We didn't know what was next. And I just felt, Lord, kind of say to me, what's next? What's now? What's now? And I wonder what wonderful stack it all on Jesus faith adventures await us as a church community, as individuals. For some of us, we maybe look back at the past and we think those were the days. Those were the days. Those were the days. And I wonder if the Lord wants to remind us this morning, now are the days. Now are the days. I'm not done with you yet. I wonder what are the moments we look back in our walks with Jesus and think, I loved that about me back then. I loved the way that I I risked it all. I loved the way I stepped out. And maybe the world and life and pressures has has dulled our affections maybe, has dulled our uh, faith steps. It's a really good reflection to do personally. It's a good question because uh, we begin to believe and live in the place of I could never do that now. Or it's just not possible. Or it's someone else's gig. Or I've nothing to give. Or I've had my time. I've had my time. When in fact, the biggest barrier often in stepping out again and going on adventures with the Lord isn't often the circumstances we're in. It's often fear of failure. And it's often tied into what others think around us. We get too comfy or we manage or we take charge, and we take control, and we say, Lord, you can have a wee bit, you can have this wee bit, but it's on my terms, so I don't muck up, or I don't have enough time, or I've been bruised, and I've been battered, and I don't want to, I don't want that to happen again, and barriers are put up. It's a bit like, perhaps for some of us, we like our ducks in a row. I just had that phrase as I was reflecting on this morning, our ducks in a row, and uh, And, you know, in certain parts of life, I like my ducks in a row, but I want to show you a wee picture on the next slide. I don't have all, not even some of my ducks in a row, but they're all in the same pond. So I have that going for me, which is cool. And I felt when I seen this picture, that's a little picture of the kingdom of God. It's a little picture when we like to have our ducks in a row and Jesus says, no, this is the kingdom way I'm in charge. It might get a bit messy, but all the ducks are in the same pond. And uh, I just want to encourage us with that to to lay down perhaps the areas where we're we're holding on to. And I know there's seasons where the church is a hospital, where this place is a hospital to find healing. But the church also is an army to be equipped and to go to release hope into our city and into our streets. Church is also a school. It's a place to learn. And I think sometimes we as the church in general, we can set up permanent residence in either of these camps, permanently stay, and uh, we can learn, and we end up never doing, or we can get healed up, and we can never go, or we can go, 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 and we never take the opportunity to step back and heal. So we need moments in our walks as a church, in community, where we realign and where we reposition ourselves. Where are we at as we come to worship, as Pete so brilliantly led us into that time of worship, as we come into God's presence? And I just want to encourage Pete, where's Pete? There you go. You, you have something of the expectation of the kingdom that just oozes from you, Pete. Like, you just speak, and it's like, yes, I want, I want, I want a bit of that. So just to encourage you with that, I thought you'd done a brilliant job in leading us into worship this morning. And thank you. Thank you for that. But uh, as we come to worship, as we come into God's presence, he speaks and he stirs and he unearths the unhealthy things that have taken root. But he also plants seeds of dreams and hopes and kingdom things. And we have a choice in those moments to respond. We are this morning, roughly, about six months from our Vision Sunday Uh, that we did in February. So it's a little bit over. And I can't believe that. I couldn't believe that. It feels like three weeks ago in a lot of ways. Is anybody finding that time is just... Is that what happens when you get older? Yeah, yeah. It's just flying by. It's flying by. And I've never really done this in terms of a Vision Sunday to revisit what we looked at, but I felt really led to do it this morning. So to begin with, we're going to have a wee quiz. No, I'm joking. We're not going to have a wee quiz. (laughs) But there's a couple of reasons for revisiting what I shared in February. I was stirred this week as I, I listened to the, the Vineyards movement in the US. The director of the movement, he has every 100 days, there's a thing called 100 days, and every 100 days he revisits, you know, some of the values and shares some news as to what's happening in the movement. And uh, I thought, when I watched that, I thought, "I'll have we look at our Vision Sunday. And as I read it, I spent some time reading it, and the words... Just felt like they carried weight again, Uh, still carried weight. And I felt led to actually just having a bit of a refresh moment as a church Uh, and and just to remind ourselves, stir the pot if this is our place uh, and ask, you know, where where am I in the mix of this? What steps do I need to take if this is my place? And I look at Jesus in the scriptures, he is continually sharing the kingdom of God, he's sharing the vision time and time again. So, I think it's a good thing to relook at our vision as a church. So, our phrase, our little line was, uh, roots down, spring up, that we shared back in February. When we, uh, yeah, that's the first line that I want to look at, roots down, spring up, as, an, as our overall arching theme for our vision that we looked at six months ago. And uh, where am I? I've lost my place. Give me a second. I went on to the wrong page that's what's happened let me just go back I was going to miss reading the passage yeah it's double-sided that's where there we go I'm back now it's okay I was like I'm on page three already so we shared back in February roots down spring up a year of putting our roots down deep in Christ and springing up and going out and the passage that we looked at very quickly in February was Colossians 2. That's what we're going to read from this morning, Colossians 2. Two verses, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. And just to give you a bit of a backdrop, a bit of a context in Colossians, we have the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Colossae. Around AD 60 was where uh, this letter was dated. He'd never actually visited this church. It was led by converts from his own missionary travels. And false teachings were rife. There was lots of external pressures. There was lots of different practices and philosophies that were trying to infiltrate themselves into, the church, into church life, into walking with Jesus, different beliefs. And uh, the heart of the letter from Paul is basically Christ is all you need. Christ is all you need. Focus on him and only on him. So Colossians 2 Six to seven, it says this, and it should be on the screen. There we go. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Amen. So, Paul's emphasis and focus here in his writings to this to this young church is to reject the shallow, reject the shallow way of living and the options that are available from all sorts of different groups and live in a firm, deep foundation with Christ. And these two verses really underpin the whole letter that Paul wrote. And isn't it true when we think of the word shallow? It can be easier, can't it? It can be less effort. It's quicker. It's perhaps a safer option where we can hold the reins. I've just uh, finished listening to an audio book called Deep Work by a guy called Cal Newport. And it's all about how we as a culture struggle with uh, deep work, that we, we live in this place of shallow and uh, we find it difficult to have uh, uninterrupted, deep kind of routines of, of work. It was fascinating to listen to. And he speaks about what deters us from those deep moments. And he says this, once you're wired for distraction, you crave it. He speaks of one of the main uh, difficulties in finding uh, that focus for deep work. And he speaks a lot about distraction. So when we're five minutes waiting on the bus, or we're in a queue, it's taking a wee while, or we're waiting at the school gate, that's a massive one actually, at the school gate, The amount of people just get their devices out. It's like the first thing, isn't it? I find myself doing it. I've got a couple of minutes to spare. I'll check and see if there's any new sport, any new transfers for Rangers. Oh, I better check the Highlands and Islands weather for the next... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, who was in that movie with Ben Stiller again? I'm going to check that right now. We're just wired. We crave it. We crave it. It's the instant go-to. And there's an addiction to distraction, which means we don't do getting bored. We just can't do it. We can't cope with it, which means we live in the shallow. And there's lots of practical steps that are explained in this book. And it was brilliant for me because I'm a 20 windows on my laptop open kind of guy. And then I forget what I originally went to and uh, end up doing about 17 different jobs, really shallowy, <laughs> and not having proper, deep, uninterrupted, work. And I think this can speak to us about our Jesus walks, that the enemy's armory is full of distraction. Actually, I think it's one of his biggest ploys, distraction. It's one of his go-to tactics, and it's one of our biggest uh, battles in our walks with Jesus and each other. And a practical nugget, this is a little one you can take away, Free of charge, you don't even need to read the book. You know, this might be all you need. There's a little setting if, you, if you've got a smartphone. It's called the focus setting, which has been brilliant for me. So you can turn off particular apps and particular notifications for a time period, which suits you. So if you think, I need three hours to get my head into this, you can go into your focus tab. And then that means this thing doesn't, doesn't call you. It doesn't say, open me up. You're taking back control. There's three things in these verses that Paul wrote uh, before we revisit some of the practical steps that we shared back in February, and I just want to dive into these very quickly. So the first thing is, in this passage, as you have received, and hopefully it'll be bolder there, yep, as you have received, live. We had a, a life group leaders training on Wednesday, and it was brilliant. It was on good old Zoom. A few people go, no, not Zoom. But it was brilliant just to hear about uh, new groups and to train and just share some of the values of what's happening in these life groups. And I shared a little bit of a story about a candle that I received. Well, it was a candle I gave, actually. I gave this candle to my gran. Uh, oh, it would have been maybe, I'm trying to think how many years ago, over 10 years ago on Christmas. And it was an Isle of Skye uh, candles so they've got high street and smell lovely I checked all the I w- and you should love this one and I uh, kept it uh, she kept it and then uh, just after Joshua was born she sadly passed away and uh, this candle was on the fireplace or next to the fireplace in our living room and we're clearing out some of the stuff and uh, my mom said you should take the candle and as I looked at the candle she'd never lit it. So she must have had it for about three years, but because it was from me, she's like, I don't want to use it. So I'm like, oh. So I've still got I've got this candle. But as I was reflecting, I was like, oh, that's that's really it's really special to have that memory. But I'm like, oh, that candle should have been used. I wish she got the enjoyment out of the candle. I wish she'd lit it up and got that smell that I spent so much time having to look into. It was a sweet moment to receive it, and we've got it in our living room, and it is It's lovely. But then on the other hand, I'm like, a candle is for lighting. Oh, gran, I wish you'd lit it. I wish you'd enjoyed it on those winter evenings. What Paul is saying in this passage, the first line, is as you've received Christ, this gift of eternal life, this hope like no other in Jesus, as you come into understanding of the gospel, our lives should reflect this gift. The flame should be burning. The aroma of Jesus should be wafting, wafting. That's the word, isn't it? It should reflect. We we should reflect as we receive this gift, Christ's authority over our lives. That we have confessed and surrendered that he's Lord over us and that should reverberate in all our life matters. So when we receive him, it changes everything. It changes everything. How we live, how we decide things, how, uh, what we do when we muck up, what we can do, what we can't do. There's not only a gift that is assured and secure, but there's a response and a transformation which is being worked out in our lives by the receiving of Christ through His Spirit, His Spirit working in us. So I want to encourage us to fan the flame of this gift, protect it. Living in light of the gift of God is so important. What does that look like for us? And then secondly, the next part is, as you have been rooted, be built up, Paul says. When we planted all our vegetables, we got a little uh, greenhouse. It's not even a greenhouse. It's just a couple of plastic poles. What's it called? It's just shelving, garden shelving. I mean, it's the poorest attempt of a greenhouse you've ever seen, but it stood up. It stood up throughout the time, and we planted vegetables with our boys. We didn't plant them for them to permanently disappear. Although our middle boy ended up eating all the carrots before they were ready, he'd come in with like carrots, and we're like, "No, they're not ready yet." He's like gnawing on them like Bugs Bunny, going, "These are really good, Dad." No, they're not ready yet. But as we planted the seeds deep putting those roots down in good soil. As it was watered, it grew. And so too is that, it's the same for us. As you've been rooted in Christ, you will grow in Christ. And you know, rootedness is so, so important. It's so important. Where, where are we nourished? The conditions around us. How we live when life is dark in the hidden places. We must watch our rootedness and the health of the soil. We must be alert. We want to be a people that grow in so many aspects of our lives. You know, as we come here, we want to grow as perhaps parents. We want to grow in our jobs. We want to grow in our marriages. We want to grow in sports. I I want to grow in sports. I want to get better at football. I want running as well. We want to grow in our hobbies. But above all this, it's amazing how many things, as we think of that, that we have things that we can go to and grow in our marriages and grow in our parenting or grow in our friendships or grow in our jobs. But our priority must be in Christ. Because in Christ, that Christ-likeness feeds into all of these areas as we pursue that. So if we are in the same place for a while with very little changing around us and in us. If we're not growing in boldness and faith, if we're not growing in prayer and community, if we're not growing in our parenthood, in our friendships, in our career, in our jobs, in our all other areas, I would suggest how we look at where we're rooted. Rootedness is so important. We can't grow without the roots. We can't go without the roots. And we can't show the love of Jesus without deep roots. And then the final part of the passage, strengthened in the faith. As you've been taught, be established in truth, overflowing with thankfulness. And Paul's stressing to this young church the importance of teaching, the importance of learning and growing deeper. A thirst for learning should be a response to the Holy Spirit, Moving in our lives, to hunger for more, but also added on to that, that our response uh, should be our focus on thankfulness. Thankfulness for the Spirit's work in our lives, thankfulness for Jesus, to give thanks in every season. There's a song just now by Wren Collective, which I've been playing all week, called Hallelujah Anyway, and I encourage you to have a wee listen. Of it. it says, the words are this, even if my daylight never dawns, even if my breakthrough never comes, even if I'll fight, even if I'll fight to bring you praise, even if my dreams fall to the ground, even if I'm lost, I know I'm found, even if my heart will somehow say, hallelujah, anyway. You know, life will be rubbish sometimes. Some of us are perhaps here this morning having had a terrible week. Some of us will be here having had a great week. Some of us will be just in that, yeah, it's been all right. But we must cultivate and maintain a posture of thankfulness of worship to God. He hasn't went anywhere when we're in the valleys. He's still with us. And I think as I reflected on this, that feelings rule the roost too often. I know that in my life. I don't feel like it. You know that phrase, I don't feel like it. It's an anthem for our kids just now. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Tough, you're going. You're going to Boys Brigade and you will enjoy it. Then we pick them up. How was Boys Brigade? Yeah, it was good, Dad, yeah. I Don't feel like it. I've often found, and this is really important, when I win the feelings battle, I'm encouraged in my faith journey. When I win the feelings battle, I am encouraged in the faith journey. So spiritual growth and saying thanks is so important. It's so important even when our daylight never dawns, even when our breakthrough never comes, even when we're fighting to bring Him praise, even when our dreams fall to the ground, even when we're lost, we know we're found, even when our heart will somehow say hallelujah anyway. so important. So roots down, spring up. And our practical commitment, very quickly, as a church, we went through uh, three kind of structures, day by day with Jesus, every day with Jesus. We felt increasingly led as a church to just, dive into that a bit more and have a look at how we're doing our everydays with Jesus, to encourage one another and to support one another on this. And I don't know uh, where we are all at this morning. Maybe we're all flying in our day-to-day walks with Jesus. But my sense is this is ground-level stuff that will really help us with our roots. And for some of us, perhaps here this morning, it's a real struggle. And for some of us here this morning, it's perhaps non-existent. And we just can't nail it. So if you've been coming to our church for a wee while, a couple of times we've shared, folks, Every Day with Jesus, what that looks like. Just to spur us on, to encourage us. And uh, we've also, we're also going to put in the website, a little Every Day with Jesus bit, just with some resources that are helpful. And if you've had a wee scan at the notes sheet, you'll see there's an Every Day with Jesus section. That uh, There's some, a song to listen to, an app to try and also a book to read as well, just to stir that in one another. So we'll continue to do that, and uh, just to encourage us to ask each other, perhaps in our life groups, what's Jesus saying to you right now? What's he doing in your life? What's he speaking to you about? And we a couple of weeks ago, we shared about accountability questions, uh, which will be popping up on the online, on our website as well. And we'd love to see that kind of grow, firstly, in relationship with one another, maybe perhaps through our life groups, that we say, hey, could we meet maybe once a month and go through these questions, just to stir one another in our day-to-day with Jesus, to encourage accountability, to go deeper, to be real, and to own it as well. We can have all the resources, but it requires a response. It requires a response. And also to mention that we have, and we've not been great at mentioning this, we have prayer ministry available within the church as well. If perhaps you're struggling with uh, a life-controlling issue uh, or an addiction, we'd love to. We've got a little team of people who are trained uh, and go through perhaps four to six weeks of intentional prayer uh, with somebody and and just see what the Holy Spirit wants to do uh, to bring freedom to that situation. So we had day, every day with Jesus And then secondly, we have week by week with people who love Jesus. So we have church, which is a space to learn, to unpack the Bible together, to grow deeper, to stir thankfulness in every season. And this morning just so happens to be the perfect time because the sign up is live. We have our life groups as well, which are happening through the week. And I can't stress how important I feel we feel life groups are going to be in this next season uh, for us as a church where these meaningful connections can be grown, where our church can go deeper with one another, where we can edify and build each other up, where we can learn from one another and look out for one another in a really intentional way. So I want to encourage us, if we're feeling on the edge right now, join a life group. If you are new to the church a couple of weeks in, make it a priority and join a life group. If you are just coming along on a Sunday, and that's your only connection. Can I encourage you to join a life group? There is more in your walk with Jesus through uh, committing to a life group for the next 12 weeks. And there is such a variety of groups this season. I loved looking at the list. There's, a, there's an outdoor socials group that's happening where uh, the group goes for walks, And swims, very brave in the September to December term, but we'll we'll move on when I read about swims as well. So there's that social aspect. We've got Bible study groups. There's a dad's group as well. Uh, So there's lots happening in and around life groups, and we just encourage you to find your place. And it is a sacrifice. It's an evening of the week, but I guarantee nothing but good will come of that. And the encouragement around back in February, we shared about prioritizing regular attendance to church to make it a priority to come along. And I just want to highlight one thing. Uh, the sun, last Sunday of the month, we started a little worship gathering. So we don't have a morning service. So we're giving you a wee lie-in on Sunday morning. We're having a lie-in. In reality, we never have lie-ins. But uh, we don't have our morning gathering in the cinema but can, we, can I encourage us as a church to respond and not having the morning gathering and to come along to the evening gathering? Can I encourage us as parents to play rock, paper, scissors as to who's going to go along to the worship gathering? Can I encourage us to mark in our diaries the last Sundays of the month where we get together in the bike shed and uh, we worship for an hour? We don't know what's going to happen. And we just wait on God's spirit and we minister to one another. So we don't have a morning gathering, but we have our evening gathering happening as well. And uh, everyone I've spoken to who's been along to that said it's been spot on. It's been really a blessed time. So we have that. Excellent. And then month by month, serving the church and community is uh, the third focus. When we are rooted, new life springs up and there's an active response to that. When we have received the gift, we live it. We just can't help it. And we're so encouraged that back in February, I shared about the cinema allowing us to have tea and coffee, that we've been having tea and coffee. And uh, can I just thank the tea and coffee team? Can we give them a a cheer and a round of applause? Thank you so much for stepping up and stepping in to that gap. Uh, Also, that our kids and tots are served and continue to be served so brilliantly. Uh, We should give them a cheer so when they're listening back as well, Yes. Well, it's very formal clap. Not even any woo-hoo. It's brilliant because I know from speaking to other churches, that isn't the case post-COVID. They're not able to have kids work. They're not able to provide a space. They're not able to do weekly services. So we're very, very blessed. And our thankfulness goes to Jesus for having a Having that, having that happening on a regular basis after everything we've been through as a church community and as individuals. Uh, Also, lots of people have served in other teams and joining other teams as well. And just to encourage us into that, if this is your place and you've not got a place to serve, there's a bit on the website where you can find out Where to serve and what to do. And some of my best moments and best conversations, I was chatting to George this week about this, have been humping boxes about a quarter past nine with people and just having a little moment we go, How's your week been? And then just stopping and saying a wee prayer for one another and getting to know one another on a deeper level. So it's a great opportunity to get to know people in our church family as well to serve. Right. Mainly music is exploding, it's growing. It's really growing. I think a couple of weeks back, or the last one of last term, there was over 20, 24 different families at Mainly Music. So uh, that is a ministry over at Rigmore Community Centre, which is growing at arms and legs. There's lots of growth and lots of excitement in serving the city in that way. The Van of Hope is out every Thursday morning. Ashley's coordinating that and just serving tea and coffee to those passing down by the gathering place. And she's had some great conversations with folk in the mix of that. And also we've had, we have weekly prayer meetings. Michelle Defoe has started a weekly prayer meetings at our office on Tuesday and Thursday mornings at half six to half seven. And they've been a blessed time from the people that have been heading along to that. So there's an opportunity to pray regularly as a church community. So there's lots to be encouraged about. But also a couple of things that I'd love us to pray about as I come to a close. Uh, we're looking to start a community lunch on Mondays at Rigmore. So I kind of drop in lunch to reach out to those who are lonely and vulnerable in that area. And if you are free to help on Monday afternoons, we would love you to be part of the team. So Ashley's heart is to serve soup and a roll and some dessert and some tea and coffee and just to get the place all nicely set up with tables and chairs and fly around the area and just, just serve, just love and just bless those who gather around a table who maybe don't have an opportunity to gather around a table in any context. So that is something we're looking to start. And I know Ashley, every time I speak to her, she's just on fire for that. So uh, we need a team to be equipped to go and do that. We'd love you to speak to her. Youth, just to mention our youth, we need a team to serve our youth. So just to throw that out to our church family, would you pray Uh, either for the volunteers to kind of come on board for our young people or pray if that's you to kind of help and be in the mix of that you know our young people need a space more than ever more than ever just now it's tough it's tough to be a teenager just now and I, I feel a response as a church is to make sure that we we have something available for them so there's spaces and opportunities in that and also just to mention a little bit about the building We're obviously here in a cinema, which is great, and we're nearly here a year now, I believe, a year next week, but we don't think this is long-term, to just kind of share with you. We don't think it's long-term. We don't think it's long-term. I hope it's not long-term. It's been great. There's so many positives to it, and there's been so many blessings in that, but I'd love us as a church family, and I I want to invite us into praying intentionally uh, as a church family over our building situation and just to invite us into that moment. Uh, So as well as praying over those things, and as a response to that, we're going to be starting, and you'll maybe see on the notice sheet, uh, to begin fasting every Friday as a church community. Uh, So Fast Friday is what it's called. As somebody once said, I love my alliteration. You know, nothing can start in our church without an alliteration moment. So uh, that's a requirement if you have any ideas. Fast Friday will be starting. And uh, the plan for it is that uh, an email will be sent out on Friday morning uh, early on Friday morning, just with some key weekly things to be praying about as we pray and fast as a church community. so you might not want uh, to fast food you might not be able to fast food for medical reasons and that 's okay. It might be something like social media or tea and coffee or TV or something uh, something that 's a sacrifice essentially and i 'll be teaching into What is fasting on the 18th of September as we gear up to step into that moment? So look out for that. I just feel passionate about digging in a bit more. I feel passionate about contesting a bit more uh, and going hungry to get hungry for the things of the kingdom. So I feel that that's going to be an exciting journey for us as a church. And we're hungry for the more. And I feel the Lord wants to examine our roots and he wants us to spring up healthily. Sustainably, but also full of faith for the unexpected. So, roots down, spring up. And I just want to ask us a simple question as we end. What are we to take from today's revisit? And what is the Lord saying to us as individuals? So, why don't we stand together? And we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come, for his presence to just increase and to posture ourselves just in a posture of receiving. The Lord's here. The Lord's here. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, presence of God. Fire of God, would you fall? Fire of God, would you fall? Would you fall in this place? Would you be so kind to grace us with your, your Holy Spirit, would your Holy Spirit just fall? We love you. We love your presence. Love your presence, Lord. Love your presence. We need your presence. However, any other way that has been sustaining us, we, we lay that down. We want to be sustained and filled and equipped by your presence right now.